Welcome to this episode of African Gold, the African-focused cannabis podcast where we sit down with the leading minds, mavericks, and entrepreneurs in the business. Today, we chat to one such person, Dean van Skoltveik from Marijuana, South Africa. You may know Dean and Andy from their YouTube channel where they dive into all things cannabis in South Africa, but today we find out about the journey into cannabis, what they are up to in the industry, and how to judge a cannabis cup. I'm your host, Neil Liddell. Welcoming Dean uh, from Marijuana South Africa. Thanks for joining me here. Yeah, awesome. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, I know. Good, um, good to finally get to speak to you. This has been a long time coming. We keep missing each other, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made it happen. <laughs> yeah. It seems there's always things getting in the way, but yeah, we've been dedicated to get to this point, and I'm really stoked to be here chatting to you today. Yeah, man. Thanks for making the trek out here. Um, I think the first things first, let's get your story, Dean. Um, you know, you're quite you're heavily active in the cannabis industry in Cape Town in South Africa. So how did that all start? So for me, cannabis has been a passion for very, very many years. I've been, uh, I've been passionate about cannabis going on probably 13 years now, and I'm, I'm turning 28 this year. So for uh, nearly half of my life. <laughs> and I, I actually didn't get into cannabis uh, uh, through sort of, uh, you know, smoking or anything along those lines. I actually originally got into cannabis from a growing point of view. Uh, when I was sort of about 13 or 14, <laughs> I had uh, a massive vegetable garden and I had a friend at school who had an older brother. We were chatting at school and I, I had never heard of it really before. And uh, I was like talking about my veggie garden and then my friend was like, yo, you know, you can grow weed actually. And I was like, bro, I I've never heard of weed really. You know, for some reason it just hadn't been something that had crossed my path up until that point. And then he's like, yo, I'll get you some seeds. So I was like, okay, cool. So he brought me these seeds and we looked at them at school the one day and I was like, bro, everyone says weed's evil. How can like it be evil if it's just these seeds? Like, let's plant them in the ground. He's like, okay, cool. So I germinated them and I planted them in the ground. And uh, it was in about uh, sort of the start of September. So good time to get started. And uh, over the sort of following uh, sort of six months, I ended up growing these massive trees in my in my back garden. Obviously, it was highly illegal at that point. I was a little bit in a, in oblivious, a bit oblivious about it. You know, I was like, it's just plants. It's not really the it's not really something I'm going to worry too much about. I've only got two of them. And these two grew like maybe four meters tall. <laughs> <laughs> And to a point, you could actually see them from the road over trees and everything. So then I started to worry a bit. And at the same time, I sort of was was learning about this plant, growing the plant. And then I started to sort of do research on the Internet and then sort of to, to learn more and more about uh, you know, the growing and the history. And uh, over the following two years, uh, I didn't really get into smoking, really, but I got very much into sort of the conspiracy around weed and the propaganda that got weed to the point. And uh, in my grade uh, 11 year, I entered Toastmasters at... Uh, at school, and uh, we—it was basically a speaking thing. Uh, you like learn public speaking. It's all about public speaking, and it all sort of accu accumulates into this point where you have to give a ten-minute speech for competition. And uh, I 
by that point was very heavily into my into my cannabis propaganda and learning about it and growing and I decided to start to sort of campaign a little bit and I uh, I did mine on on propaganda and I remember talking about the propaganda of the herb marijuana that was my first uh, first line and uh, it was an exceptional speech yeah, my younger brother Luke him and I've always been he's 6 years younger than than I but him and I've always been uh, close and we've always sort of worked on these kind of projects together so we've we worked on this uh, this speech together and I actually ended up going to sort of uh, uh, represent the school <laughs> Talking about weed at inter schools, <laughs> yeah, and it it went okay, it went okay at the at the the inter inter house one at school, and then when we went to inter schools, it was a very much uh, you could then I started to really feel the sort of prejudice about what I was talking about. You know, it was an exceptional speech, but I came last in place. Obviously, the school wouldn't be happy with me representing them uh, to go further to like maybe Western Province or something like that with a speech on on marijuana. So that was kind of my my original. Uh, entrance into it you know i've uh, and uh, I've, I've since then i've been well up until actually about september 2018 i was very much someone who was involved on the silent side of of the cannabis industry you know i didn't really i was very paranoid i had other things going on with cultivation so i did continue to cultivate but i only really started talking about cannabis in a in a larger scope uh, sort of when when andrew and i got into into marijuana sa together and so, after the 2018 Concord ruling, it was now safe to speak publicly about weed. And that's when Dean and Andy teamed up to form Marijuana Essay as we know it today. Yeah, so uh, Marijuana Essay was originally founded by, by Andrew. Uh, it was a project that he started in 2015. Uh, he uh, uh, was staying in Stellenbosch at the time in, in a flat with some friends. And uh, MarijuanaSA.co.za was originally sort of a, a, a project he started then. Uh, didn't put too much effort into it. I think he started a website, put like a few. I think he said he went down to like the local smoking shop in, in Stellenbosch, bought a whole bunch of rolling papers and stuff like that, popped it on the site and kind of forgot about the project until about uh, 2018, September. And at that point, uh, I was working in the food industry at the time. Uh, Andrew uh, had another business which he was working with, uh, which he had founded, and he was sort of working full time on at that point. And he uh, he started to work on the marijuana essay project again, September 2018. I was in the car. I remember I was driving. I was a rep at the time. I remember when the ruling hit, and. Uh, it was such an exciting time for me and obviously for our friends group. And uh, doing the food company, I did a lot of sort of on-the-road repping. I'd be on the road sometimes maybe 10 hours a day. And at that point, I became a diehard addict of 567 Cape Talk. <laughs> I, I got to a point where, you know, you just can't listen to music anymore. And I got so into my uh, my, my Cape Talk, John Matham, uh, Bruce Whitfield. They're two of my favorites. <laughs> there was also a gentleman, uh, he would do the morning, uh, Eusebius MacKaiser. And I think it might have been his show, the morning show, because I remember it being the morning. I was on the N1 driving from Franschhoek through to Cape Town. And all of a sudden on the radio, they're just talking about weed. I'm like, what? A, like, I didn't really realize that, like, it was a culminating to this point. You know, I was following, but I didn't know that, like, today was the day. And then it was the day that the ruling or the day after the ruling had taken place. And I just remember, like, shouting out in the car how excited I was. Got on, like, pulled over at, at the engine, phoned my friends, you know, on the group. Like, guys, it's legal, you know, we can grow. And I was like, oh, my word, I'm going to grow so much weed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I had actually been on a small sabbatical from cultivation for about uh, eight months. I'd done a grow and it was just like I w- my job was quite serious at the time. I had a lot of external pressures, you know, and I was like just couldn't handle the the stress anymore of cultivating illegally. Like it was just too much, too much stress. I felt too many people knew. So I was on a bit of a break. And then, uh, yeah, it was a it was it was a day that I remember very clearly. Cannabis was always something Dean has been passionate about, and so naturally the 2018 judgment would come with some excitement and relief. But Dean's path hasn't been an easy one, and about ten years ago, tragedy would leave his future in cannabis uncertain. Both my parents passed away when I was quite uh, when I was quite young. My brother was 19, I was 17, and my youngest brother Luke was 12. So we went from sort of a normal family to all of a sudden both my parents passing away within uh, six months of each other. So that kind of threw all you know. I was in grade 12 at the time, sort of looking what I was going to do. I was potentially planning to go to America to go and look, to go and sort of experience America and see somewhere to get involved in the cannabis industry. My parents were behind me, but then obviously with the external circumstance, I decided to, well, I had my, it was just my brothers and I, you know. Uh, you know, now 10 years later, it doesn't feel, I mean, it, obviously it's still, it's still very intense and it's still something that, uh, that, um, affects me at times but I also look sort of where I am now right now I look where my brothers are you know and uh, we worked our way through an intense situation and where I find myself right now it's not really something I would say it made me stronger as a person over to it, it obviously affected me heavily but we had uh, we had uh, we put our heads down and we focused on what we all wanted to achieve and I'm happy to say that we we're all busy achieving you know what we wanted to achieve in a form that we maybe didn't realize back then we didn't I was obviously upset I couldn't go to chase my dreams but now I get to stay in my home country and do exactly what I've always wanted to do you know so <laughs> rather than leaving and I mean I've always loved South Africa I don't plan to go anywhere I'm very passionate about my country so yeah I'm really stoked to be to be here today doing what I doing what I love you know and and in the industry I've always wanted to be in well maybe then let's talk about what it is you love and what it is you're doing so um, marijuana essay was born I mean as far as I'm aware, you guys are doing a lot. There's like YouTube channels, podcasts, you have an online store, which is now on Take A Lot, I believe. So maybe talk a bit about what, what you guys are doing. Yeah, so we we do do quite a bit and uh, we do it with a very, very small team. Uh, uh, Andrew, obviously with the original founder, I've been with Andrew four months after he originally founded Marijuana SA and we, we ran it like that for a good maybe year and a half till we brought someone new into our team. And uh, the vision with Marijuana SA was originally to be sort of incredibly involved in, in the grow space, which is, is what we originally started doing, you know, running the grow shop, assisting people with, with cultivation. And that's always been something massive for us, you know. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of people who 
have never cultivated before and anyone who is cultivating knows that it's really really nice to have someone you can get a second opinion from because all the doubt creeps in you know <laughs> when something's going wrong you don't know what to do it's nice to get a second opinion so we've built our business around sort of a core belief of of supporting people with their cultivation journey so it's not about selling oh it's obviously about selling products to people so that the business can keep going but it's about selling products to people and then assisting people to use those products successfully and then to become self-sustaining growers. And that's, you know, the, that's where the core ethos of the business was and, and still is. But what's grown around that has been sort of an ecosphere of, of education. You know, we didn't originally think we would be educating as much as we are. And originally, we didn't really expect to have such a large following online and to be so involved in, in content creation. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we got to a point where we were running a very sort of small team and you're getting asked a lot of questions and how do you answer these questions over sort of typing them over again and again. So it was Andrew's idea to start to create videos on, on YouTube. And, uh, I hated having the camera in my face at that time. You know, I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. You know, let's pump Instagram. And he's like, no, YouTube's the future. I was like, okay, let's, let's start making YouTube videos. So we entered in very, uh, very, very uh, uh, rough. Uh, I, off one of our first videos on, on, uh, on YouTube is a video of uh, Freedom Farms material grow bags. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so to explain some of the different sizes of these Freedom Farm pots, we have the 10 liter here on the left, which is perfect for seedlings. Then followed by, we have the 20. And it was actually outside, it's filmed sort of on these, uh, on this um, uh, sort of uh, tar or like gravel kind of area. And it's actually on the, uh, in the parking lot outside Andrew's old offices for his, for his other business. So we sort of just had this parking lot. We put the, put the bags out, we filmed them. And then I trucked everything from Stellenbosch to my place in Somerset West to, to set up office. So it was kind of like a very MacGyver thing we started doing and we wanted to do one product one video for every product. That was the original plan. Uh, but then from, from that point, it kind of molded in us wanting to, to try some new ideas. Uh, we did the YouTube channel originally just sort of as a channel for a few months. And uh, then one day we had the opportunity to, we were invited by uh, a, uh, a, a film school called, I think it's called Big Fish uh, Film Studios or Big Fish School of Marketing. It's in, uh, it's in sort of the, the waterfront in, in, in Cape Town. And uh, we went into this uh, sort of uh, film studio and ended up <laughs> chatting to all these film students. And I don't know how they got our details, but they somehow found us and somehow thought we were legitimate. <laughs> And we ended up like having a really cool experience, sort of chatting to the whole the whole class about cannabis, giving them uh, you know answering questions, and then we came back at a second stage where they actually filmed us sort of in a you know a TV styled kind of uh, kind of uh, interview, and it did actually I think go on to DSTV. I'm not sure what channel, but this was quite a few quite a few years ago. And uh, after that, Andrew and I went to. Uh, the taproom in uh, the Devil's Peak taproom and we were having a few beers, you know, chatting about the, the, the idea. And uh, we decided, I don't know who suggested it, but we were like, let's start our own, like, let's start a podcast. So this was Friday. Um, 
And we're like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll do it next week, Friday. And uh, I kind of envisioned in my mind this garage space that I had at home. It was full from the floor to the ceiling with like random hoard that I'd collected over the years. And uh, we're like, okay, cool. I could kind of imagine a couch fitting in the in the corner. We were very much inspired by uh, Jules and Myrtle uh, and the Fields of Green team with their uh, with their hotbox show. And we were like, let's kind of do a similar styled show, and we're gonna get it done the next Friday. And you know, I put in a lot of late nights. I think three late nights till like two, three in the morning, uh, leading up to that Friday. And then the Friday, we spent the whole day uh, preparing the preparing the space, and we actually did go. Live for the first time on that Friday, and uh, as we speak today, we're actually going to be filming episode 150. So it's been a lot of very, very hard work to to get to this point. A lot of, or a lot of the media creation happens at night. You know, we've got clients to support in the day, stock to restock on the website. You know, so a lot of the day is full. So a lot of really late nights to get the goals and the and everything done. So like it, you know, when I speak about it now, it may sound like we sort of just cruised through, but it was really not the not that way. You know. <laughs> A lot of sleepless nights, a lot of stress. Uh, uh, but you know, we we're very passionate about about the industry. We're also very passionate about business and and you know innovation. And I'm I have personally, and and so is Andrew. We've become very passionate about media creation as well. And uh, that's for me, it's sort of the most amazing thing. I've always known that I love business, but I didn't know that I loved sort of education and. Uh, media as much that uh, as I've learned to to love it over the, the course of sort of creating this YouTube channel. Yo, 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 guys, welcome back to another episode of Marrow and SA Weekly. And today we are presenting a, a new LED fixture that has landed. And uh, as always, I've got Dean here with me and we're going to go over some of the specs. How are you doing, Dean? Yo, yo, Andy, what's up? What's up, everyone? Yeah, we mentioned this a little bit last week in the 2.4 Grow Tent uh, component. Talking about marijuana, you've obviously had all this this experience in it, and the last couple of uh, the last couple of cannabis cups, Zootly cannabis cups, you have been a judge, right? Yes. So I think it's probably an opportune moment to dig in there. What does it take to judge something like that? I mean, people. You know, people say to me, well, isn't it so subjective? Like, how do you wangle your way through those kind of things? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been very privileged to have been invited to to judge a few cups. I'll be judging my fourth cup coming up on the 26th of March. Uh, that's the Continental Cannabis Cup, which is being hosted by the Heiko and Dab Stars. So that's quite a, I, I mean, I don't know too much more about it, but they've invited me, so I'm quite looking forward to that. And then I've also judged, like you said, with uh, with Zootly. Uh, I did their first Cannabis Cup, which was... Uh, quite small I would say and then it grew to this year's Cannabis Cup which was actually massive I mean the amount of entrance there was lots of entrance and the amount of flower which we saw at the end of the day was I think it was over 50 samples you know so personally for me uh being so heavily passionate about cultivation and myself having quite a lot of cultivation experience I know how much work goes into growing good weed and then I also know that like when you go go into a grow it's never the way that you expect it's going to be so I kind of 
look at like to look at the judging in a in a kind of similar way you know i know that every single person has put a lot of effort to get their their sample onto the table that day so i want to give each sample the same amount of effort that the that individual put into to growing it so the way that the cuffs that i've uh, judged have kind of been split up into there's been two phases there's been an original phase which is judged more on look uh, smell texture trichome consistency uh, you know level of readiness those kinds of uh, those kinds of criteria and then it would follow through into a secondary phase where the top selects would then go through to a smoking phase which was over a period of weeks instead of being over you know a, a single session it's the first smoke that you've had and you can judge it on kind of a fresh mind instead of a long day where you've been smoking all day So walk me through the process. Like, let's say you walk through this door and it are all lying out here. What, what would you do? So if I were to walk into the room and to see the sort of judging, uh, the judging apparatus all over the table, the different samples, I would first have a look at each individual sample with an open mind. You know, pick it up, have a look at it, say, okay, cool, this looks nice or it doesn't. And then kind of uh, judge each one mentally by itself without putting too much too much thought into it you know just get an idea of what the general quality is throughout the table does one stand out to me maybe maybe not you know then i would go back to each sample and look at it incredibly closely like what does it smell like what does it feel like you know without once again without t- recording anything just yet and then allow myself sort of time to take in once again, the quality, what I think and does any stand out. And then I would go back a third time and then try and sort of quantify a value according to the criteria. And, you know, I would first give it a smell. What does it smell like? Give it a really close look. You know, what does it look like? Give it a squeeze. Is it dense? Is it not dense? You know, because you can't just judge, judge something on being, oh, are, are they all hard? Because some sativas aren't going to be that way, you know. So you need to look at each individual one as its own its own, and judge it according to the criteria of what you think. And then after I've sort of put some original sort of uh, – values down for the judging I would kind of take like I would kind of then try and split everything up into things that look similar you know do these two buds look similar do these two buds look similar and then kind of go once again through and try break everything into its you know the different kind of different kind of qualities does something stand out but it's not all about sort of density to me it would be about also sort of how the preparation of the the bud was you know did it get trimmed really nicely obviously you're entering into a competition so you want to make sure that the after work is done how has it been cured as well you know are the terpenes popping off or is it or is it smelling very very kind of kind of fresh and then after sort of maybe four or five rounds of the table i would go through for a final round and then judge every single one once again as sort of a final judging. And then I'd average out my scores according to sort of the three judges that I did per, per each, uh, per each strain. So kind of multiple mini judgings on each strain to come with an average, trying to go each time in with an open mind and not to sort of be biased towards what I would personally want to see. Because, you know, what I personally like to smoke is I'm a big sativa smoker. So the, like, I'm obviously, used to a slightly more airy bud, you know, whereas people who are heavy indica smokers, they will turn their nose at a kind of more of an airy bud because, you know, it's not heavy, dense indica. So to remain 
I think the most difficult part is to try and not be subjective according to what you like, you know. And uh, personally, I think what's really opened my mind to 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 being able to go in with an open mind is, you know, the, just the vast amount of grow support, which we have done, done at work as well. I've seen, you know, hundreds of different clients grows and every grow you look at, you want to look at with an open mind because every you, people are various different skill sets, you know? So if you're judging on the same way, you've got to look at the whole table with an open mind, give each individual bud a, bud a shot without just sort of judging it superficially by saying, okay, cool. These are all airy or those, you know, weren't trimmed too nicely. What's good about it and what's bad and try get an average <laughs> in terms of like what you're looking for what is the the criteria so uh you'd be looking for the obviously the manic well first sort of the the bad consistency what's the bad looking like did it form nicely or is it sort of incomplete then you'd be looking at sort of the uh I like to give it a little squeeze just to feel what it what it feels like. That might not be a, a criteria. Then one of the criterias would be uh, would be smell. You know, how does the bud smell? Does it have a beautiful aroma? Was it smelling a little bit sort of like it was cured, uncured, or like it was overcured and gone a bit moldy? Uh, then. I w- uh, I'd like to take like a, a sort of a, a jeweler's loop up close and see if there's any signs of any kinds of uh, disease or anything like that. You know, look in deep into the center. Do you see any kind of molds forming or, or anything along those lines? You know, because sometimes it can sneak through and you don't want to enter in a sample that's uh, that's been infected. So kind of to, to, to see if all the, you know, the basics have been covered as to, you know, is it is it a nice solid bud that you've selected or well-formed? bud does it smell good and does it visually look good and then after that period i'd like to sort of look a bit closer and see how the how the trichomes are looking you know is it that's very subjective though because i personally like mine more on the less amber side where some people might want to push it more on the amber as long as they didn't harvest it super super early or super super late then then you can kind of so the the the, if we're going to just put the criteria down i would say it's uh smell look uh, feel and then just sort of a an all rounder as to you know uh, what is that like you know what is the bad how does the bad strike you and then the secondary judging phase would be related to obviously the consuming of the consuming of the product. Okay, so work us through that. So that's where the real fun part comes in. <laughs> Because I never in my life thought I'd be so in such a sort of privileged position to be able to try 15 different samples from 15 different, you know, skilled growers. So that for me first, going into that, you know, it's a max amount of excitement. But then also, uh, it's actually quite... uh, quite difficult as well. I mean, obviously, as someone who's working, you're wanting to sort of get consume it in a time of the day before you're too tired, and it's just going to knock you out, you know. So generally, we would aim to, uh, we would aim to judge at the office. Uh, I personally am a massive bong smoker. So my choice of, uh, of uh, my choice of apparatus is a very nice clean glass bong, you know, make sure it's clean for each time with fresh water. So everything's prepared and then we generally judge at three o'clock every day during the week because that's when all the orders are out, the couriers come and now it's a good time to sort of... But also then it's, um, you know, you're judging every every sample at the same time, everything's the same. Yes. You know? So at the same time, obviously on different days. So yeah. the yeah. 10 days of or 15 days of smoking straight... Uh, <laughs> 
might sound like quite a lot to some people, but I am a daily smoker. So for me, it's kind of normal. And uh, then the what are you judging the the uh, the samples on? So obviously, smell would once again come up. You know, when you grind a bud up, you're getting the expression correctly. So what does it smell like? Uh, taste. What does it taste like? Um, then there was sort of a criteria for like smoothness. You know, did it... Uh, hit you in the back of the throat and did you cough your, your lungs out and was the ash completely black or did it kind of come through? You know, you get a little bit of a cough, but it was smooth and a pleasant experience and the flavor was well-rounded. Then the fourth criteria was the expansion of flavor. Like did the flavor, did you just get flavor originally on the on the smoke or after consuming, did the, ex did the flavor expand more, you know, grow into a deep mango over like sort of a, a burnt kind of uh, burnt kind of uh, toast and uh, then the final one which I find the most difficult is the effect you know what mm. kind of effect did it give you and for me personally that's the one that kind of I struggled with the most but because uh, you immediately afterwards you want to give a judge and then 15 minutes later you're like okay cool now my opinions change now 30 minutes later your opinions change but also then there's the like thing of set and setting you know I could yeah. be more I could have had an incredibly stressful day today so a sativa which normally hits me smooth could give me an anxiety attack now you know so I found the other criteria pretty easy to be consistent and like we also judged uh, judged in office so you know, all of us in the office gave a try and we all chatted about it to give the best opinion over just me sort of judging by myself. So we bounced a few ideas off each other, but we were pretty consistent with that, with the other criteria, but where it always strays a lot is on the, on the effect. And I think the effect is the most subjective part of a yeah. cup. And I think it's the worst criteria too. I, I, I don't think it should be the main criteria, you know, everything else leading up to the point, I really believe in, but when it comes to the effect, that's a fully subjective one. So I think it should be a lesser score. I agree. Than because that is very subjective. Each person's endocannabinoid system is completely unique, you know. So what's one man's poison is another man's, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like I would dread a cheese because cheese isn't my favorite. But if it's something like a green gelato or a Durban poison, then that's right up my alley, you know. So like that's so subjective. Whereas most of my friends like smoking cheese. I'm going to say no thanks, you know. So it's like it's it's really difficult. But, you know, I think the, the main thing is to to – give each one a, a shot, you know, because someone has put effort into it. Someone is proud of their sample and you want to make sure that you are looking for the efforts in the, in the, and, and giving each one a shot because each one does deserve a shot if it's been entered into a competition. And there you have it. That's all we have time for today. This episode marks the end of season two, and I'll be taking a little break from the podcast as my little family welcomes the newest little edition early next week. In the meantime, keep well, stay safe, and I'll catch you in a few months for another toke of African Gold. Gold.